The Miami Hurricanes have multiple five-star players coming in, but man, it would not surprise me if four-star Ruben Bain ends up being the most impactful recruit in this class of 2023. Here's why he chose Miami. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Under Armour All America Media Day yesterday. We already talked about Cormani McLean not speaking, but throwing up the U and confirming he's a Miami commit. Uh, but everyone else did speak. Cormani McLean was the only player who declined to do media. Uh, he did have to check in, but then declined. So you had a number of Miami commits, Miami signees, and Miami targets who did speak yesterday. And one of those who did talk to the media, uh, certainly a South Florida favorite, and I would argue possibly the best high school football player of all time, and that's Ruben Hurricane Bain. Maybe the nickname should have been a clue that he was going to pick Miami. But, you know, Ruben Bain, the hardware that he's won, four state championships, the stats that he's put up on the football field, and the awards he's won, like the Nat Moore Trophy a couple of weeks ago, he might be the best high school football player of all time and ultimately the four-star edge rusher out of Miami Central he chose Miami over Florida State. Florida State was the other finalist. They made a late push for Bain, and they got themselves very much in the conversation in November. It kind of makes me wonder if maybe that decision for him was a little bit closer than we realize, even though he was favored to Miami most of the way. Auburn was in the mix for a while. Florida State got into the mix late. Uh, but Reuben Bain chose Miami, and he spoke to the media on Thursday and Hurricane Bain, who, guys, with his explosiveness and just his ferocity in getting to quarterbacks and the insane, what does he have, 60 sacks in the last two years? Just the insane stats that he's put up playing for one of the best high school football teams in the country, probably the best team in the country this year in Miami Central. He's facing elite competition day in and day out. He got three sacks against IMG Academy. Ruben Bain, I think, is criminally underrated, only being a four-star and not a five-star player. And I truly believe Miami got a great one. And, man, he is going to be terrorizing opposing quarterbacks for years to come. He spoke about the end of his recruitment and ultimately why Miami, not Florida State, got his signature. And kudos to my colleagues at allhurricanes.com who are out there at Under Armour All-America for getting these quotes and this information from Hurricane Bain. He said, quote, I'd say my relationship with Mario Cristobal because it was second to none. It isn't what other schools didn't do, he said. It's just what he, being Cristobal, did. Nonstop communication, always talking to coach. And not just Cristobal, but it was all the coaches on the entire Miami staff. I would go into the offensive meeting room, he said, He's a defensive player, and it was like I was an offensive recruit. Just the love I had from the whole staff in general. It wasn't just me 
talking to my position coach or the head coach. It was the entire staff. He said, quote, everybody was able to know me and that relationship I had. They have a room for all the graduate assistants. It's called the barbershop. That's all the South Florida coaches, all the people that grew up in South Florida. He says, I could just go up in there and just relax and chill with the coaches. I felt like I couldn't get that anywhere else besides Miami. That's something I can relate to. I grew up around. I can relate to what they're saying. It's something I knew I could do for the next three to four years and be comfortable. So I love to hear that from Bain, that it wasn't necessarily what other schools like the Florida States and the Auburns weren't doing to make him feel loved and wanted and needed. It was about about what Miami did do and building those relationships. Like I know when you talk to Gator fans, you're like, oh, Miami's just dropping bags out there. They're just dropping all the bags. They're just paying players. They're trying to buy recruits. Like, listen. NIL, certainly a factor at Miami. It's a factor all over the country. Uh, let's not ignore that. But there's so much more to the story, folks. There's so much more to the story than name, image, and likeness and money and all that. Building these relationships. And that's been something that Mario Cristobal has been about long before NIL ever existed. Let's not pretend that Mario wasn't a pretty darn good recruiter at Oregon before NIL was even introduced to college football, like building these relationships, staying in constant communication and making these recruits feel like they're wanted and respected by the entire staff, not just their position coach, not just the defensive coaches or the head coach. I mean, I thought that was a really cool story about how he could go into the offensive meeting rooms and the offensive coaches are going to treat him as if he's an offensive player. I think that was really cool, and it sheds some insight as to why Hurricane Bain ultimately chose Miami over the competition. And again, he was a must-get. And Miami would have been in pretty good shape at edge rusher regardless because Jaden Wayne is a beast, and I'm so glad he's at Miami. And you guys know I love Collins at Chiampong. I think the sky is the limit for him. Like, he, if you can mold him properly and, and if he puts in the hard work necessary, and I think he will, Collins can end up being an absolute stud. But, man, Reuben Bain – with what he brings to the table from an experienced standpoint, a hardworking standpoint, and what he means to this community and just how explosive and talented he is on that field, this could end up being, and there are a lot of nominees you could make for this, but Reuben Bain could end up being the, the trademark of this 2023 class. He could end up being the guy that we look back on and say, wow, that's one of the greatest Miami Hurricanes players I've witnessed in a generation. I, I think that highly of him. So thank you so much, Ruben Bain, for picking the U. Uh, so the next thing we're going to be looking at here, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait a little longer to see what happens with Cormani McLean, of course. But we're constantly monitoring the transfer portal. And interestingly enough, it seems like there's a mass exodus going on at Memphis, and there are some good players on both sides of the football from Memphis that have entered the portal and could very well become Miami Hurricanes targets. Uh, let's start with the defensive side of the football. We all know Miami Hurricanes, they need defensive tackles badly. Uh, I'm really, really glad that Thomas Gore is a cane. And the more I watch Gore's film, the more I think, you know what, bros? I don't even care that he's only six feet tall and only 270 pounds. That dude is an absolute monster. And I think Thomas Gore can end up being a great player at Miami. But if Miami can land this Memphis defensive tackle who's hit the portal, uh, his name is Cameron Jackson. 
Uh, he is six foot six, 340 pounds. Bigger than Daryl Jackson was. <laughs> Cameron Jackson is bigger than Daryl Jackson. I hope he's not so big that it limits his mobility because 340 pounds is a lot of weight to move around, but the height is absolutely elite. And at 340 pounds, he's a space eater. And he's put up really good stats and performances at Memphis. The folks I talked to out of Memphis, uh, they've raved about him. I've been asking a few people the last couple of hours, like, hey, is this a good player? Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, 41 tackles last season, one sack in 2022. He appeared in 34 games over the last three years with Memphis. Uh, this is uh, according to Gabby Yerudia from Inside the U, who threw out his, uh, his body of work stats. Uh, he received a 76.4 grade against the run last year, which is which is respectable. Um, and Gabby notes, Mario Cristobal has publicly said and noted that defensive tackles are a major need for the program right now. And this is a Louisiana native and multiple programs are going after him. Now, as far as Cameron Jackson, Miami's definitely interested because it sounds like they've already locked up a visit with him in about a week's time. Now, that's still going to be during uh, a dead period, so I think it would have to be an unofficial visit, not an official visit, if I have that correctly. Like, they cannot host an official, but it could be an unofficial if he's willing to pay his own way. Uh, so it sounds like Cameron Jackson, per multiple sources, is looking at visiting Miami on January 6th. Now, He's also apparently going to be visiting Florida around that time, maybe right before or right after the 6th of January. And so, man, as we've gotten used to saying this all cycle long, this could be another one, whether it's transfer portal or class of 2023 or 2024, Miami versus Florida battles left and right. This could end up being, and I'm sure that there are going to be lots of other schools interested in Cameron Jackson because with how well he's played and just the sort of stature he brings to the table at six foot six, three forty, there's going to be a lot of programs vying for him. But it sounds like Cameron Jackson is planning on visiting both Miami and Florida within the next week or two. So um, you know, we'll see if uh, Mario Cristobal and company can close the deal, because, again, we know Miami Hurricanes need uh, they need more in that depth chart at defensive tackle. And it sounds like this guy can not only be part of that depth chart, but really excel on the field because he's been really, really good at Memphis and he's looking for a step up into a power five program. So hopefully Miami can end up being a landing spot for him. And there's also a Memphis tight end who's in the transfer portal. Uh, Miami does not have as big of a need at tight end as they do at defensive tackle, of course. But, you know, you did lose Reed McKeska from this class. You know, Will Mallory, of course, is graduating. So I like Arroyo. He just needs to stay healthy. Jaleel Skinner is going to be a sophomore. He's showing some promise. Riley Williams is going to be a stud, uh, the recruit coming in. I think Jackson Carver is very good as well. But, you know, I think Miami, if you can find the right guy, they could definitely use another member of that tight end room. And Memphis tight end Caden Prescorn has entered the transfer portal. Uh, so there's a handful. I think Memphis maybe has a receiver or two that's hitting the portal as well. But this tight end, uh, six foot six, 255 pounds, second team, all AAC conference. Um, he caught 48 balls last year for 602 yards and seven touchdowns. And I think another reason why Miami could be interested in here is he's got 
a younger brother in the class of 2024 who is one of the top tight ends in the country. So this could be one of those things where not only is this a really good player, but if you land this player, it increases your chances in landing the younger brother next year as he's looking for a recruiting destination. So watch out for a a potential uh, Memphis duo arriving at the University of Miami. Hopefully uh, they both end up taking visits in the near future. Guys, we have so much more to talk about since the year is almost over. Uh, it's December 30th today. We're, we're going to be ringing in the year of our Lord 2023 very soon. If you were Mario Cristobal, what would your New Year's resolutions be? We are going to talk about that and more when we return here on Locked on Canes. Keep it locked. And guys, Make sure you are always remembering the importance of driving sober, especially this time of year, guys. This weekend, you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, right? As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you're thinking of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay, no big deal, right? What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you're thinking about driving after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, I thought this was a great tweet the other day from my pal Malik Rozier and the crew at Miami Mills Club. Uh, They wrote, if you were Coach Cristobal, what would be your one New Year's resolution for University of Miami football? Now, when I thought about this, I wanted to answer this not for me because a lot of you were given out like, oh, I, I, if, if I were Cristobal, my resolution would be to kick that offensive coordinator to the curb to get rid of his ass. You know, but that that's I'm going to answer it as if I'm Cristobal. And listen, I, and, you know, who knows? There, there, there may end up being some coaching changes. I'm not ruling that out uh, right now. It's status quo until proven otherwise. That, that's a question for another day. We'll get into that. But if I'm trying to walk a mile in Cristobal's loafers, And I'm approaching this as if I am Mario Cristobal. My New Year's resolution for Hurricanes football next year, it's really simple. And I think this is something the man himself would agree with. I want to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, especially the offensive line. The defensive line was obviously very good for the most part last year, Um, you know, Add another defensive tackle, like a 340-pounder, let's say, who's currently available. Maybe you can make that even better. But, no, I think dominating the line of scrimmage and making this team tougher, that's got to be Cristobal's New Year's resolution. Because, guys, I know, and yes, there are plenty of excuses last year, specifically injuries and the fact that you didn't really have your own guys in there last year on the offensive line. But I guarantee you Mirabal and Cristobal, who don't sleep a lot to begin with, lost a lot of sleep last season with the offensive line through most of the year being a weakness, not a strength of the team. 
the offensive line really, really, really struggled. And yes, a lot of that had to do with injury, but most games could not establish an effective running game. And you got your quarterbacks hit way too many times. Ask Tyler Van Dyke if you don't believe me. And, you know, I remember Alex Mirabal making a comment before the season started that he would rather cut off his limbs before seeing the offensive line being a weakness of the team. I, I hope he shows up with limbs the next time he's at the facility because the offensive line, and there are definitely excuses for it, the Miami Hurricanes offensive line was a weakness of the team last year. And so, yeah, if I'm Cristobal, and I can throw Mirabal into this mix as well, it's got to be a New Year's resolution to be tough at the point of attack, to be physical, to get you know, a couple of thousand yard rushers next year, because I don't think they want to have just one. I think they want to have multiple thousand yard rushers next season and give Tyler Van Dyke time to throw the football and make plays down the field. Because, yeah, Mario Cristobal from his time at FIU, going back even farther to his time as an assistant at Miami, but then FIU coaching the offensive lines at Alabama, which was always a strength of that team while he was there and still is. And then the way he was able to build up the trenches at Oregon, you know Mario Cristobal is going to want his team, especially on the offensive side of the football, to dominate the line of scrimmage. And yeah, when you can add somebody, as Miami just did in Javion Cohen, and you bring in multiple top-level freshman offensive linemen, Maui Goa and Okun Lola, I think can contribute, if not start immediately. I think they're that good. And I also really love Big Bruno, Tommy Kinsler. Uh, I think Frankie Tinalau might be more of a project, but I think he is a, definitely a diamond in the rough. And Antonio Tripp is a dog, and that guy is an underrated interior offensive lineman. So they're they're adding some studs. It may take a while for some of these freshmen to kind of get their sea legs and sort of grow into it. But, you know, if I'm Cristobal, I'm thinking no chance in you-know-what. I want the offensive line to be a weakness. I want the trenches on both sides of the football to be a big strength because that's going to raise the floor of your team so much. So that's me. If I'm Mario Cristobal, I'm saying my New Year's resolution is to dominate the line of scrimmage next year. Here are some of the responses that our pals at Miami Mills Club got. Uh, Dario said, uh, if I'm Cristobal, my resolution is do whatever it takes to hire Brian Hartline away from Ohio State. <laughs> That's He's got to be one of the hottest. Uh, I mean, he nearly became the Cincinnati head coach, but he decided to stay at Ohio State coach of the receivers. Brian Hartline, former Miami Dolphin, he is such a stud recruiter. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard to get any elite wide receiver recruits as long as Heartline is at Ohio State. So if you can't beat them, get them to join you. Let's get uh, let's get a Heartline down here. Um, Kane Six said, I want to find an offensive coordinator that can generate 35 plus points per game and is also a strong developer of quarterbacks. Quarterback and offense are critical. Uh, yeah, I think we would all love to score 35 plus points per game right so sign me up for that and listen I don't care who the offensive coordinator is if it's Josh Gaddis or if they find someone else get me 35 points a game plus please Jose said show progress with all aspects of the game and player development this should add up to the right number of wins he says uh, our guy DBC Danny Boy Kane says I would say to win 10 plus games would be my resolution now, guys, you know me. I'm I'm out of the predictions business. I thought Miami would win nine or ten games last year. They won five. 
I'm keeping my big mouth shut. I'm not going to make any win-loss predictions in the near future. Um, build a winning culture and help reap the benefits, Jake says. But that's like that's so general. It's like, yeah, we all wanted to do that. Uh, I specifically want the offensive line to dominate, I would say. Uh, <laughs> Wes says, my resolution is to not get gatfished again on the next offensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, this is a good one by Ragnar. Ragnar says, I want a high red zone conversion rate. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? But you remember watching the Canes last season when Miami got into the red zone, you're like, just, just lose some yards. We've got a better chance of scoring from the 30 than we do from the 10. Like just uh, maybe now's the time to commit a holding penalty. Cause we're, we're deep in the, in the other team's territory. There's no way we're scoring now. It felt like that way too often watching the Miami hurricanes play last season. And then, yeah, I see, I see a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys writing in, we got to get a new coordinator. Oh man. Well, uh, keep it locked right here to locked on canes folks. And, and thank you so much for being with us for what's been a tremendous year. Let's hope that 2023 brings even bigger things than we've gotten going on in 2022. Uh, right here on Locked on Canes on the Locked on Podcast Network. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So nothing as of yesterday has changed on the Cormani McLean front. And it's like, you know what? If I can just let this situation breathe for a couple more weeks uh, and not have to talk about uh, the perceived drama again for a little bit, uh, I'm going to be cool with that if I can just kind of breathe a sigh of relief and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit of a break from Cormani for a little bit. I would be fine with that. Um, because, you know, again, people are throwing out all these theories because we had Larry Bluestein on with us yesterday. And, you know, he was told that, uh, McLean has signed like an exclusive deal with a company that films him and is supposedly making a documentary and they have exclusive rights to his media. That's why he's declining interviews from every other outlet out there. He's not talking to the local papers in Miami. He's not talking to the local papers from where he's from in Lakeland. He's not talking to the recruiting analysts. Uh, it's just been complete silence for Cormani. And that's led more and more people to speculate that, oh, Coach Prime is going to swoop in and flip him. And, and maybe, guys, I can't rule it out, or Alabama is going to swoop in and flip him. You know, I had the, the, there was this uh, this video yesterday from On Three Sports, where a uh, a Florida State expert who's about fifty six fifty seven percent on his crystal ball predictions said uh, his sources tell him McLean is definitely flipping that he's not going to sign with Miami. And you know, if you look at his track record, you know, I don't know about that. And then the other on three expert after that interview, he doubled down on his prediction that Cormani will sign with Miami. So um, I don't think we're going to know anything until he puts pen to paper that whatever hats and hoodie sweatshirts he's putting on and whatever symbols he's throwing up, whether he's throwing up the U or he's throwing up Buffalo horns. Do Buffaloes have horns? I'm not even sure. I've never seen a Buffalo in person. You know, no matter what he's throwing up, we're really not going to know for sure where Cormani McLean is headed until he puts pen to paper and decides. But I can tell you guys, I appreciate you so much, and I appreciate your continued support. So make sure 
if you enjoy watching and listening to Locked on Canes every single day, uh, the audio version is available on literally every podcast platform on the planet, I think, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google. You can get us there. Get us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure if you uh, if you listen to us, you subscribe on one of those platforms. Leave us a five-star rating and a review if you're feeling so kind. And if you want to watch the episodes, the video version, they're available on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is Locked on Canes. Uh, we're very close to 7,000 subscribers, which I think is pretty good since we've only been on YouTube since May. So we're getting close to 7,000 subscribers. Help spread the word. Get us to 7K by New Year's Day is what I've been saying. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the thumbs up on this video. If you're watching us, if you're listening to us, make sure you subscribe. And I, I think we'll do another episode before we ring in the new year. We'll probably do something on Saturday. So in the meantime, stay safe. We will talk to you guys next time. And make sure after you make us your first listen, make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.